You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. And if you're like me, it's the summertime. You're not really thinking about the fall or next year. Well, it's going to come to an end. And then you have to start planning next year. And you're thinking, how do I make next year better than this year? Well, today we show you exactly how to do that with six keys to masterful strategic planning with the Better Practice Blueprint with an amazing coach, Miranda Beeson, so that you can get your head right and you can help your team see what next year looks like and how it's going to be better. So make sure you guys listen up. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you ever thought to yourself, how do I do this strategic planning thing and create a better practice and a better life and maybe a blueprint that goes with it? Well, today I have an amazing coach. Her name is Miranda Beeson. And we're going to be walking through the elements of how to set up a strategic plan. You can eventually master it if you start this process and create a better practice blueprint for the upcoming year. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to tell you about an opportunity where you can come hang out with us. And one of the coolest things that we do, it's called the To The Top Study Club. It's my favorite, one of my favorite things of all time, where you get the best dentists in the country that have practices just like you trying to figure this stuff out. That's on October 20th and 27th, which is a very peculiar time because it's not December 30th and 31st where most dentists are trying to figure out next year. You can sit down in a room with other dentists and we'll facilitate the whole process. It's one day. Come on. And we'll show you how to set goals and achieve them in your strategic plan. So Miranda, thanks for being here. I'm so happy you're going to decode some of this for us. Thanks so much for having me. I love coming on the podcast and this is one of my favorite things to talk about too. So I'm ready for it. I love it. I love it. And as always, this is a big topic. It's crazy important that you figure out a methodology, but let's talk about the why. Why is this so important? Because you coach a lot of great practices. I do. And the why behind this is if you don't have a plan and you're not intentional about how you're approaching this next upcoming year or each year that you enter into, it's going to look just like the last, maybe even a little bit worse. 
So this time of year is the perfect time to be looking at it because, you know, summer has come to a close. We're coming to the fall. Like you said, why wait till December 31st to try to plan out what we're doing next year? Let's get a head start on it now so we have the time that we need to really strategically and intentionally plan for what do we want to do next year. If we don't reflect backwards into the year that we're in so far and see what's going on, we can't really provide clear direction for what we want to do next year. And that's what our team needs from us as leaders and um, for the practice owners listening, you know, that's what the team needs. They need to know what do you want from us this year that's new or different from last year and how can we help you get there? So, you know, if you want to bring your practice to the next level, if you want to elevate, if you do want to grow and who doesn't want to grow, you really can't wing it. You can't shoot from the hip if you want to be truly successful. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I'm listening to this podcast. (laughs) I'm actually part of it, but I will tell you 26 years of having this great company. I mean, the first 18 or 20, I was the anti-hero to this, to quote Taylor Swift in this whole process. I don't even know if that fits, but like I I would do all my planning in December. You know, my whole goal was like, get to December 18th. I just want to get to December 18th. And then we would enjoy Christmas. Then I'd feel miserable. And right around December 26th, when everyone's feeling miserable with me, I'd be like, okay, let's set some goals. Let's set some goals and you can imagine how thoughtful that process was. And then also, too, you said without re- reflection and intention, I would just set up arbitrary goals. They had nothing to do with the past. It was just all about the future. And what you ultimately do is you destroy trust, which I didn't know I was doing, is I'd come up with these wild and crazy goals on January 4th and go, welcome back. Hope you guys all had a great day, great break. Guess what we're going to do this year? And they're like, oh, no, seriously, bald guys at it again. So don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, don't and do don't it. wait till January. <laughs> Some people wait until it is the new year to start setting goals. They're like, let's just get through this year and then we can get there. And now it's January and now it's then it's February and then it's March. And now you've lost an entire quarter and haven't even had a good start. So certainly the time is now. Totally agree. Totally agree. So where do we start with this process? Give us step number one. So step number one is one, if you don't have one, make one, uh, a core purpose. What is your why? Now, if you already have a core purpose, like a lot of the clients within our coaching community might already have that in place because they've worked with a coach to develop one, then revisit it and make sure that your why is still true to the core of who you are. So, you know, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. I know you are too. And so he has the book, Start With Why. And the truth of the matter is that is, that should be the starting point for everyone when they're looking at any facet of building their business. When you look at, um, he gives the example in the book of Apple. And if you were to just say like, we make these really cool computers, some people would want to buy them. Uh, But team members wouldn't really necessarily feel inspired to get out there and sell more computers. But if you look at what, what is the why behind Apple? They're trying to be the innovators in the market. They're trying to make people's lives easier, more efficient. They're trying to create an experience that other software companies don't create for the user. And that's something that a team can rally behind. So really getting to the bottom of why do we get up in the morning and do what we do? Why do we wake up and come here with enthusiasm when we could be doing a million other things? Um, What is it that we're providing to our patients and why are we doing that? That's really the first step in planning because if if you don't know why you're doing something, you're not going to have the momentum to inspire others and your team is not going to have the momentum to, to rally behind you. Yeah, absolutely. Use the, the example, and I've heard Simon Sinek talk about the Apple. Now I'll talk about 
a, I'm a customer of Apple. I'm talking on an Apple right now. Everything I have is Apple. I absolutely will never, ever consider going to a Samsung, ever. Here's why. There's so much brand equity. I bring home a printer and with my Apple network, I plug it in. It works. Everything works. Like I have so much equity. They've built so much equity with me that I won't even consider anything. Now, maybe I'm unusual, but I'm not going anywhere. Even if Apple screws up, I've got so much equity in the brand. And in the future, I'll just say this, any business, whether you're in computers or healthcare, trust is going to be your biggest currency. And so get all in on this game called trust. And trust goes deeper than just providing a product. It's the relationship. It's the, you know, we've built this trust over time. And then also too, I'll just say this as a leader in any organization, the why is the most important thing. Employment is weirder than ever. You can lose a team member in one second to another practice that's going to pay more. What I hope for all of you listening is that your practice has such a strong why that even if somebody was offered more money, they might consider it, but it's enough glue to have them come back to the why. Am I on the right track here, Miranda, or no? Totally on the right track. And, you know, just like Apple didn't have that happen by accident, they had a lot of intention when setting forth their why and putting that vision out there to where you could feel it all these years later, it's still there. Guaranteed, they look at it every year and reflect on that. When we were just at uh, the Global Leadership Summit, Craig Groeschel said that distrust is our society's default emotion right now. And I wrote that down. He, he, he should have said, write that down, a Kirkism. <laughs> I wrote it down immediately because what has changed within our culture in the last few years is a distrust in pretty much everything, right? Our media, our healthcare system, our, we don't want to go political, but people, government, people just distrust more than ever right now. And then you talk about all the time, and I agree with you, this concept of AI and the skepticism of like, what is real anymore and what's not? And the, the world we're living in with social media, what is real? And so distrust has become society's default emotion, which means as leaders, as business owners, in our strategic planning, we have to think about how to build trust with our team and with our clients intentionally in order to overcompensate for that default emotion that they're already feeling. And so, yeah, knowing your why, sharing your why, keeping it at the forefront and making sure that you're using it to guide decisions so that your team doesn't flounder. They can help you drive forward to the mission that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on this one because you're hitting like one of my trigger points here because again, the why behind this, let's say I'm going to design a plan for the future. I got to make sure the purpose is so strong because as a dentist, you need the most important asset around you, which are these people. Well, you have the right chair side assistant, the right person at the front, you know, the right hygienist, the right, all of the right people, all of this stuff becomes easy and everybody going to work now, especially the younger generation, they want to have some meaning behind the work. So if you're sitting down thinking your strategic plan, well, I want to go from 2 million to 3 million and then I want to do this and I want to get a second press. Like that's as boring as it gets. And if I'm good at what I want to, what I do, I'm not really excited about helping you do that. Our whole thing, core purpose, better practice, better life. 
It's just got to check two boxes for us and the people we serve. And if it doesn't check two boxes, we just don't do it. So you got to figure out yours. So love it. What's step number two, Miranda? So step number two coincides a little bit with that first one, which is either making or revisiting your why or your core purpose. And that is revisiting your core values. So again, if you don't have core values, certainly need to establish them within your organization for a lot of the same reasons that we were talking about with our purpose. But if you have core values, you want to revisit them every year. Make sure that um, another great quote I picked up at GLS, that they're not just um, hanging on the walls, they're alive in the halls. We want to make sure that the core values truly do speak to who we are, what we believe in, how we behave in this practice. And so if you already have a core purpose established, our number one, and if you already have core values established, part of your strategic plan right from the jump should be just reflecting on what you already have and making sure that truly does fit where you are. Um, we base everything through Pat Patrick Lencioni's core values and there's aspirational and there's permission to play accidental. So taking a look at your core values and making sure that they are still true to your core, that something last year, like looking back and saying, you know, was that actually aspirational? Was that really alive in our practice this past year? Do we need to adjust a bit of what we're doing here around our core values? Because again, that's what's going to help build trust with our team and keep our forward momentum focused on what is most important. Yeah, I love it. It's the single most important thing you'll ever, 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 can I say ever enough? Ever <laughs> doing a business and you got to get them off the walls and in front of people. So like I, you know, I finally got started winning some of these in my, <laughs> in my own company. So you got to find a creative way to celebrate, reward, hire and fire. And you'll love this because you haven't seen this yet. They just opened up a sweet greens one block from us. Now I went to get salads last night. I'm going to use a Yogi Bearism. Like, nobody goes there. It's too crowded. It was too crowded. I'm like, it is 5.30, people. Why are you people here? I had to wait in line for like a half an hour to get a salad. <laughs> and behind the wall, like, all these employees are engaged. The only thing on the wall below the menu was one thing. It's your core values. Win, win, win. Think sustainability. Keep it real. Add the sweet touch. Make an impact. Live the sweet life. These were happy employees. I'm like, how did you find happy employees down here in the third world? And those are all verbs. Those are all verbs that you just said too. Isn't that great? I love it. Yes. My point is this. Find a great business. You'll see there are clues everywhere of why they're so great and why they sustain greatness. And it starts with having a set of values. So- I yeah. And if they're not, it. if they're not alive, if you're reflecting and you're realizing like, I don't know if these are really true to who we are anymore. First of all, when you, if you're forming them for the first time, your core purpose or your core values, please take your time. Like, please do it thoughtfully and, and really think through, be reflective, look in the mirror. We say that's kind of the final test with all of these things. Look in the mirror. Do you also model these behaviors and do you truly believe in this? Why? So if you're starting from scratch with your number one and your number two, that core purpose and core values, really take the time to thoughtfully um, think through these. Don't just go online and Google what someone else's core values are. Or, hey, I like that practice. Let's see what their purpose is. This should be true to you and who you are as a business owner and what you want 
to leave as a legacy when you are all done here on this earth. So looking at it really thoughtfully and designing them uniquely to who you are, because then you're reflecting your true self to the team and you will find those people or those people will find you that believe in those same things and you'll be off to a great start. So modify them if you need to. You know, if you're reflecting and you're going, you know, I don't know that this really is who we are anymore. Okay, stop and go through that process again and really um, thoughtfully modify what those core values are and then share that with the team. Right. That is so well said, Marina. Like you have to, this is the hard work. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is so easy. This is really hard. That's why you need the help of a coach, a leadership team that can punch you in the face every once in a while. I mean, not physically, but like tell you (laughs) like you're not walking the walk here. And looking in the mirror is like a critical piece to this. Now, we often don't do it, myself specifically. I didn't do it unless you have the help of a coach or somebody around you to do it. But, and, uh, you know, I'm a, my whole family's big Taylor Swift fans now. And I, I'm going to go off the rails here, but like the hot song in the Barron household is the anti hero song, which, you know, it's I don't me. know if you guys. Hi, I have a problem with me. The, my favorite line in that, and I'm going to do a Swiftyism, is I rather stare into the sun than in the mirror. And it has a lot of different meanings, but it's so true. I'm so interested in staring at like these things that don't matter, that blind me, the world's external pressures of what I should do, what this practice should look like. Instead of saying, listen, we haven't been able to do what we want to do. We got to make sure we're true to who we are. Like what really matters? And uh, gosh, Taylor Swift's pretty smart. I thought you were going to sing it. I'm a little bit disappointed. No, actually, (laughs) people listening to this would just go, oh, God, let's go to another podcast. But but I think at the end of the day, you know, your values, your team members will never go over to a neighbor's house and have a glass of wine and say, let me tell you about our mission and our vision. They'll say, no, no, no. I work for a pretty cool group of people and like their values. Like, that's no joke, man. Uh, It's pretty cool. So. It's good stuff. And again, I could talk about that one for a whole hour because it works. The more you lean into core values, I'll say this a million times, the less crazy stuff you have. It's crazy stuff repellent. It really is. So (laughs) what's step number three, Miranda? So step number three is reflecting on what do we do here? So really getting clear around what your core competencies are in the practice. We have a differentiation tool that we work with our teams utilizing, looking at what are our uniques? What are our our unique abilities and what differentiates us from the guy down the street? Um, I was actually traveling with my family not too long ago and I'm a giant tooth nerd. So everywhere I go, I'm not sure why on road trips, I'm like, oh, look, there's a dental office, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, dental so-so. There was one the other day called uh, the Toothery, not a plug. They don't sponsor me, but I thought it was such an interesting name that I immediately looked them up online. So my my kids laugh at me. They're like, mom, we get it. There's a lot of dental offices where we are. But to be said, you have to stand out, right? Because there's a lot of dental offices as you right. drive down the road and patients are driving down that road and they're going to drive past you or going to drive in your front door. And you have to know what it is that is unique and special about you. What do we do here and how do we do it that sets us apart? And then how do we make sure that that message is getting out to those patients so that they'll choose to come see us? So we have a tool that we work through with our clients. Um, You know, if you want a coach to help you through it, you can, but it's something you can take a look at too, just reflecting on what do I do really well? Mm -hmm. And what can I really master? Uh, There's a book called The One Thing, right? And what's that one thing that, that I do really, really well that I should put the majority of my energy and effort into and just put that out into the universe and let people know like, this is my unique here. 
Yeah, this is so important because uh, as a, you know, as a potential patient to your office, every practice looks the same. And in a world of AI, I'm telling you right now, I could copy your URL as a dental office and I could just basically rewrite your website better than you. So that's coming. And I don't want that to scare you. I want that to motivate you, which means you have to stick out in a sea of sameness. People have to go. There's a lot of choices, but that's the only place I go to because um, it's those people behind that and that mission that's right there. It also minimizes the extra work. When you figure out what you're really good at, everyone agrees we're really good at that. So you focus on getting better at the one or two or three things that you're really good at, and it synchronizes your marketing efforts. It synchronizes your language. It synchronizes everybody around this because being good at everything is the fastest way to be good at nothing, right? Absolutely. And there may be something new that you want to introduce, something you're super passionate about that you haven't really taken the initiative to build in. A lot of people talking about sleep right now. I know we have Dr. Tracy who's on often who talks about sleep. And when you're contemplating something like that, or you go to a course and you get back into your humdrum life, it's really hard to implement that. But part of your strategic planning, when you're stopping and you're sitting down and you're looking at what do I want next year to look like. You're looking at what do we do now really well? What could we maybe not do anymore? But what else could we do? What could right. we introduce that would bring a new passion or innovation into the office? And then again, not only are you setting yourself up to look attractive to potential patients, as long as your marketing co coincides, which we just mentioned, but your team too. It's really great for your team to also be on board with, you know what, this is what we do really, really well here. Yeah. Again, I could spend a whole hour on why this is important. Another thing that you'll learn if you do this business long enough is marketing is crazy expensive and you waste more money than you actually get a return on if you stay in business for more than 26 years. And so what happens is getting this proposition right limits the loss and actually gets you the ROI because all of your efforts, again, are synchronized and you can look at a marketing plan and go, that's pretty exciting. Like that is us. That is, we can stand behind that. It's not just an agency or a marketing com company coming up with some Instagram posts for us type of a thing. And I have one more thing to that too. If you aren't like the implant king, that's fine. If you do really solid general dentistry, your one thing may just be the patient experience. It might be how we treat people here is the one thing. You know, that's what we do. We have a different experience than you're going to get down the street. So it might be, I do great crowns. I do great general dentistry. I refer out on my endo. I refer out on my oral surgery, the flashy stuff that, you know, gets talked about more often. But your, your thing that we do well that sets us apart could be just how we treat people and how people feel when they leave our practice. It, it could be as simple as that. So I just wanted to put that out there. There doesn't have to be some flashy new thing that's going on in dentistry. It can genuinely be just doing a really good job with some general dentistry, but treating people exceptionally well so that that experience stands out. I love it. And you, and you know how you mentioned you're a tooth nerd and you take all these photos when you're every, and you mentioned the implant king. I've never seen that. But if you ever see a practice that says the implant king, you've got to take a photo because I want to see what that <laughs> looks like. I, wanna, I don't know. That would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? But uh, your, your, your point is like spot on. Like, what are we good at? Let's, let's build some purpose and some power behind this whole yeah. differentiation. So now we're going to start to transition into the application. What's step number four? Because this is all great. How do we put this into play? 
Yeah. So we have to look at how will we succeed? So step number four is how do we, how do we know if we're being successful? What are we going to measure? How are we going to measure it? You have to start by looking at where the data is coming from now, right? Like reflecting backwards. Now, the facts reflect the past, not the future. But if we don't look at the past, then how do we know, like you said, you just lofty goals, just throw them out there and see what happens versus using the data that we do have and then seeing where we can grow from there. So step number one for how we will succeed is let's look at how successful we just were within this calendar year. Now, if it's October and you're planning or starting your strategic planning, you're going to have three quarters. You're not going to have a full year. That's okay. We can make some predictions. Uh, but that's the first step is, is really looking at what we've accomplished so far. What what did we uh, SWAT, right? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, um, challenges. What what can we look back at that went well or didn't go well so that we can start setting new goals and targets for the upcoming year? And so that's really the next step in it is once you have a chance to reflect, now we have to set new goals and set new targets. You know, we work through looking at our successful outcomes first. What do we want to see happen and then work backwards into developing some goals and then KPIs or targets that are going to help us measure whether or not we, we've we accomplished our goals. Yeah. And this is way bigger than just saying, I want to go from 1 million to 2 million to 3 million. There's a lot of specific language behind this, you know, steps and understanding goals and targets, which you'll hear in the next podcast with Heather Crockett is critically important. And then here's what's really cool around here. My team, who's amazing, and Miranda's just a straight shooter, they'll send me like messages or quotes that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And so one of my themes, I'll go transparent with you guys, like I'm working on a lot of stuff. One of the things I'm working on in a, as a leader here is don't expect perfection, just work on progress. Well, I love that. And you, you got to frame it up right. And then you sent me a quote. From Dan Sullivan. Can you share it? It was awesome. I made a slide of it right away. What was it? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I know it off the top of my head. I'm going to misquote him. I'll you're, just you're quote him. Do you, Do you have to... it? Yeah. yeah. You don't even remember what you sent me. It was awesome. You said, progress cannot be measured into the future. It can only be measured in the past. Now, that hit me right in the heart because this is what I did for years. I was like, I'm just going to pick this goal and we're just going to go that much further from where we are. You know what I mean? Instead of saying like, realistically, we've never done that, you know? Um, and you have to, you have to celebrate your accomplishments. And part of me sent me transparent. Part of me sending you that was, I know you aim for perfection and that is awesome because that means we're going to be better than most, right? Because our goal is, is perfection, but you also have to stop. It's also that gap in the gain concept of you have to stop and celebrate what you have accomplished. So you have to measure progress by how far have we come from where we were, Yeah. right? It can't just be, but we're not here yet. Yeah, but we're here today and it's not where we were two quarters ago, one quarter ago, three quarters ago. So yes, there is something to be said about progress and being able to celebrate that along the way. And if you aim for perfection all the time, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So you have to aim for small incremental improvements. Um, something I heard recently at a presentation that I was at, they talked about the 1% rule. And over the course of a year, there was a graph and it said over the course of the year, if every single day you improve by 1%, then you're going to end up 37.78% improved 
with that 1% each day, where the opposite, right, was if you aren't, then you're actually going to be like at zero to 0.3. You, you gain maybe a three tenths of a point of growth by not taking just that, right, reading a book for 10 minutes a day every day. You don't have right. to read, say, I'm going to read 37 books. But if you read 10 minutes a day, you're going to be that much further along. So when you're setting goals, it is really, really important to think about progress. Look at where you were. Think of where you want to go because you need to have that bar out there for where ideally you want to be. We call it, you know, the dream year. Where where would you like to be? But then you have to also set realistic goals because you want to be able to achieve them. You want to be able to celebrate them with your team throughout the year and see that, hey, when we put our heads together, when we put a lot of intention behind what we're doing and we work together as a team, we're going to be able to hit these targets and hit these goals and we're going to be able to keep growing. If they're unrealistic, you'll you'll hit a wall and then it'll feel discouraging. It's so important what you said. Um, not only when you, I mean, I have a lot of issues. I should see a therapist just on <laughs> just the number of issues that I have. But, you know, perfection, there's different ways to categorize that. But when you shoot for ideal, you know, I like the, the word ideal because mm-hmm. nothing is ideal and nothing is ever perfect. You know, that's God's doing. That's not mine. But um, ideal, if you're always shooting for ideal and you expect ideal, you said you'll be constantly disappointed, which is true. And you'll also be miserable because you live in the gap. You say, well, it could, you know, you take enough dental CE and you look at all this great dentistry and you don't look at it through the right perspective. You come back and you just live in this gap. You go, man, I don't have that kind of practice. I don't have that. And you gotta, you gotta work your way out of the gap. So I like not comparing yourself to others. Like don't, don't set your goals based on what your buddy and your study club sets his goals on. They have a completely different practice. Look at your data, look at your team, look at your core competencies, and then you're going to plan your strategy that fits you, right? Not comparing ourselves to anybody else and what they're doing out there. That's so true. Because if, if my goals are somebody else's goals, that's just, that's like the second fastest way to be miserable. Yeah, so, then they're not yours anymore, right? So right. who are we really, who are we aiming to please at that point? Right. Now, once we set the goals, we got to go to step number five, which is a really important step. Walk us through that. Yeah, step number five is looking at what is truly most important right now. So when we go into deep diving into the practice, like we're talking about, looking at so deeply and intently at our core values and our core purpose, and what do we do? And how are we going to make it happen? What are our goals? You're going to have so many ideas that come up. You're going to have so many thoughts, um, new systems that you want to develop, new things that you want to try or implement. And you really have to prioritize through all of that and come up with what is the most important thing or things that we focus on right now, right? What do we, what do we need to start doing? What do we need to stop doing? And what do we need to continue doing? The things that you need to continue doing are usually the easiest because if they're already working well and you're just going to continue them, you say, check that box. We don't need to really modify anything there. We're going to just keep those in play. But then we have to look at what do we want to start doing and stop doing and prioritize How are we going to actually take initiative on these things? Because you're going to be gung-ho in January, but you can't do it all by March 1st. (laughs) So just remembering like there's four quarters in every year. And if you break things up into monthly or quarterly goals, obviously we're tracking that really weekly and keeping your eye on everything. But knowing that you have four quarters to accomplish all of these things that you want to accomplish, throw some things in the parking lot, you know, put them in that idea parking lot. We're going to come back to that middle of the year because right now this 
is the most important thing, or these are the couple of most important things that we're working on right now. Yeah. Again, you're hitting a hot spot with me because this is where you need the help of other people. Because I think everything is important right now. If I if I had sticky notes, they'd be everywhere because they're all important. Well, not everything is important. And that's why the help of a great coach can say, look, that is important, but that's not the most important right now. And when you think about it, what Miranda just shared is when you break it down into an operating system, you can set expectations. It's 13 weeks. It's three months. It's 90 days. We get the most important things done that relate to the big plan, and we rinse and repeat. And I'll tell you one more story. So in 1988, I graduated from high school. The summer before, I went to Notre Dame football camp, and the coach there was this guy named Lou Holtz. And so Lou Holtz was a very inspiring guy, and I got to find this. But he did a speech on that phrase that you just gave us, what's important right now. And he used an acronym, W-I-N. He said, gentlemen, when you go back to your lives, there's going to be a lot of things. But in the moment, you have to figure out what's important. He goes, and he said this, in the summer before uh, I graduated, which was 1987, he said, Notre Dame will win the national championship. I just don't know when we will do it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, you guys, you know, you got to win some games first type of a thing. Well, they won it the very next year. And the story he told was this, like, we're all locked in. And if we get into, you know, if we get to that point, I'm going to have my players. You can't have your players holding their arms up in the air between the last game and that critical game. They're going to go home. They're going to rest. I want them to be with their families. I want them to recover. And when they come back, that's when we're going to put our hands in the air. We're going to get super, super focused. So it helps you regulate your intensity, your focus. And because not everything is important. I used to chase everything. And so... Now you got to chase a few things. It's better to get three things done than try to chase 92, right? And to get three things done really well. Yes. <laughs> Boom. That's so true. <laughs> so now after we figure out what's important, what's step number six? So now we have to decide who must do what. So this is where I'll just do it all. Comes. I'm just going to do it all. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> But I'm not joking because there it's are either, some dentists that just do it all. It's either one person's doing it all or everybody <laughs> does that. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> That's usually the, the answers. It's either I, I do everything. Well, we're going to need you to learn how to delegate or mm -hmm. well, we all do it. And then we all know that that means nobody does it. So, yeah, we have to decide number six, who must do what? Um, this is the accountability piece. It's the key to consistency. Big theme going on with trust again right now is all about consistency. And it's also a key to performance. If you talk about, you were just talking about Notre Dame, you talk about athletes, they're going to be the first ones that tell you that consistency and accountability are what get you to where to the goal line. So if you want to get to that finish line, uh, you have to make sure that you not only prioritize what's most important now, but you account someone to be the keeper of or the, um, the owner of whatever that particular item is share your plans with your team, right? Once you have this strategic plan and you may be already developing it with a leadership team, but you do want to, once you get through with everything, bring it into the fold to your whole team and have everyone be responsible, assign accountability, make sure there's owners to these different priorities, either amongst your leadership team or the team themselves. It's going to take everybody to make it happen. 
You cannot do it alone. <laughs> Even if you sign up for everything, we're going to take some of those responsibilities away. You got to spread the love because that's what's going to help is having your whole team, the transparency of where we're trying to go, right? I'm inspired to get there because you've shared the, the purpose with me. You've shared your values with me. We have a path. You have made it very clear. You've charted that course for us. And now we want to help you. So help us to be accountable. You know, what can we do? And making sure that we create clarity and identifying the individual responsibilities for those priorities and tasks. I love it. It's so, again, so important. And I'll just speak on the other side of it. At one point, you get so frustrated because you set all these priorities and they don't get done. And what you ultimately find is, you know, a couple things, a couple lessons you mentioned before. When everybody owns it, nobody owns it. And when you start to grow leaders that grow other leaders that grow other leaders, now you can start to delegate as a leader. Let's say you're a dentist listening to this. You can only do so much. I mean, you're working with patients all day. You've got to build an organization where you go, I think through this and I create a few priorities. And then I give these priorities to people that can finish things predictably. And I let people grow into those positions. And what's really fun is they give them back to me in better shape than when I gave them to them. And it frees up so much of your time. And what you'll find is when you find the right people that do that, they go, I did this. And you go, great job. And then they go, I think I can do more. And you go, what? Like, that's so cool. Like, yeah, they believe in themselves. And um, you can't, as a leader, here's your challenge. You know, say more with fewer words. Get more done in fewer hours. And you have to incorporate this clarity around who's going to do what and they love that response. You think sometimes they don't love it. I mean, some people love a bigger responsibility than just turning over a room or doing a hygiene appointment or checking out patients, right? Yeah. And you you just kind of made me think of something there. Great point that I didn't even think about with this initially is we're all struggling to find team members right now in this profession, in this community. And if you are a really solid leader who develops a really solid strategic plan and shares it with the team and you have very clear direction and expectation around that. And then you are going to lead the charge. People are going to be inspired. They're going to do more and you're not going to need as many people. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but you know, I work with some teams that have six, seven administrative team members. And I'm like, you don't need that many administrative team members. Yeah, but we're so busy. Mm. We're just not clear enough about what everyone's expectations are. And we're not empowering people to really grow and, and reach their full potential because they're not inspired right? They don't even know why they're showing up and doing that every day. But when all of these pieces come into play, um, team members are inspired. They want the responsibility. They enjoy the accountability, the right people. Uh, they enjoy the accountability. And, and you can run a really solid team on maybe five of those yeah. team members. And we don't necessarily need to hire that person that we've been trying to hire for eight months because you know the team we have can do it and we're empowering them. Another great point that you said that I just thought about was um, consistency helps grow trust. We were talking about that. So when we're clear with our expectations, and this was, um, I dropped Craig Groeschel. I'm a name dropper. He's one of my favy faves when it comes to leadership. Um, and one of the things he talked about was be clear with what you expect, but then the key points behind that consistently reward when you see it and consistently correct when you don't. Wow. And I think those are the big misses from, from most of our teams. One, if the expectation's not there, you know, our big thing here, E minus R equals C. Expectations minus reality equals conflict. And conflict always becomes crisis if it's un, <laughs> right? If it's, it's unresolved, not, yeah. There you it's go. Just, yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, so if the expectations are clear and it's still not happening, well, I bet we're not consistently rewarding when it when people are meeting those expectations. And I bet we're not consistently correcting when people are not. Now there's finesse to how we correct, right? So we'll go, that's a whole nother podcast, but it's the consistency piece, being consistent with our expectations and then rewarding consistently when we see them and then consistently correcting when we don't see them. If we let it slide three, four, five, six times, it's that much harder to correct it later. So when we have this plan in place and we we have a clear focus on what we want to accomplish, the accountability is there, the expectation has been laid out, now it's our job as leaders to consistently reward our team when they're following through and meeting those expectations and consistently course correct when they're off track. I love it. And again, these are so many thoughts. Consistency was and still is my biggest problem in life because I love to go with the flow, change directions, all of that kind of stuff. Consistency is also one of the critical variables to trust. And so our coach, her name is Jamie. I quote her all the time because she hits me right in the heart when I need it. She said to me, the signature of mediocrity is chronic inconsistency. And like she said it to my face like three times. I'm like, are you saying that? To me specifically, (laughs) she's like, yes, you have to be consistent. And so what Miranda is sharing with you is a process. You know, when you stick to this process, the rules behind the process, it really works. People start to expect things. You start to things, see things get better. You get out of mediocrity. You start experiencing things you've never experienced before. People trust you. They know what to expect from you. They know what you can expect from them. You know, all that kind of stuff. So this is, we're not making this stuff up. You know, this stuff actually works. And so I love it. Miranda. Well, and like you said, it's hard work, but I would just challenge you to say like, how bad do you want it? How, how bad do you want to live that, that better life? All it takes is making a better practice, which just takes some strategy and some intention. It's hard, but if you follow the recipe, it's not that hard to get there in the end. If it's what you really, really want, who wants to be miserable every single day, right? Yeah. So you have to just take the initiative and say, I really want this for myself and, and I can do it. And I have a team that's going to support me in the process. Yeah. I'll just go right to the chair in an operatory because you said hard work. Like it's really hard work building a healthy dental practice and putting the right people for your practice in those chairs and keeping those chairs full. But it's harder work having empty chairs and no team members. So which work do you want to sign up for? You know, so, you know, and this is my commentary on the world and then we'll just keep moving on. Everybody wants the medal, but nobody wants to do the training. You know, they don't want to. So our hope is, you know, you're picking up what we're putting down. There's a process behind this. We work with a lot of dental practice. Our goal with this podcast is just to help you with a better practice, better life and some key takeaways of how to do this better. So, Miranda, give us some final takeaways, some final thoughts, and how do we how do we wrap this in a bow for somebody listening? Yeah, so classic tried and true, right? If you fail to plan, you mm-hmm. are planning. You're just planning to fail. Right. So you're you're planning either which way you go. So why not plan for success by following this blueprint for a strategic plan and putting that into action, bringing your team into the fold? Because if you fail to plan, you're, you're guaranteed to achieve that, right? Yeah. So that's the first step is just looking at it and knowing that, like you said, it's hard work, but I love how you just put that. It's a lot harder when you're 
chair is empty and there's no team members walking through the door to support you. So um, when you are successful, it comes from intention and making sure that you are strategically always reflecting, modifying, course correcting as need be and, and putting a plan into place. And, you know, if you feel like it's too much, lean into your coach. Absolutely. If you don't have a coach, you could get one. Um, coaches are great mentors. And I say coach, like I'm a coach. We obviously are a coaching team. Um, but there's there's mentors out there that can coach people along the way too. And I know we have a community of mentors. I love what what you've built here from the ground up with creating a community of doctors that support one another. They're about the same things and, and they really reach out. We have several within our community that are mentors to other um, doctors within the ACT community. And I love seeing that because it it doesn't have to be a coach. I'd love to be your coach, but it doesn't have to be a coach. It right. can be a mentor that coaches you through the process too. Absolutely. A great coach can get more done in eight hours than you can get done in eight months. So you you have to be humble enough to say, listen, somebody's done this before with other great practices. That's one thought. And you use the magic word called plan. Developing a plan is important. Could you imagine building a house without a plan? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's do an incredibly comprehensive treatment plan, full mouth rehab. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, do, we'll just do the treatment. We won't, but no, no plan. Like just, we're just going to go. Do you know what I mean? Could you imagine? You just read my mind. I was like, oh, wait, we're talking to doctors here. Let me come to their, let me come to where they're at. You cannot, you cannot do a comprehensive case, full mouth occlusion occlusion case without a plan. And we tell our patients that, right? Like we're going into this and we have to have this digitally planned process in the same way that you would need a blueprint to design a house. Now you can build a house without a blueprint, but the doors might not shut and the roof might leak. And we might flood when a storm comes to town. Now we could do that full mouth case without a plan, but the patient's bite might be off and now they end up with TMJ dysfunction. And so it's the same thing, right? You can work a plan, uh, but if you can, you can go through next year without a plan, but if you have one, you are much more likely to reach those ideals that you're trying to achieve and to, to reach success and to not have a leaky roof or an imbalanced bite in the end. <laughs> Oh, oh, let's just go there. And we, we can do a half hour on the value of a, of a plan for something. Let me do this one. <laughs> Some of you listening to this, you have a financial plan. Your financial advisor has sat down. It's a very detailed plan. It's a step-by-step plan that helps you become financially independent. You know, that's one idea. Most dent, and so the whole point of this is, Let's go back to your financial. The single biggest asset you have is not your IRA, 401k. It's your practice. That's the number one thing that'll give you the biggest financial return ever. That should be paramount in your financial plan is how do I make this healthier so it yields a bigger return so I have more to invest? Blah, 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 blah. Most dentists spend more time planning their vacations than they do their lives. And that's the truth. You know exactly where you're going to land. You know your rental car. You know your VRBO. You know where you're going to eat dinner on Monday night, but you have no idea what we're going to do in January, February, March. So come on, we're having fun. We're having fun with you. Just stay with us. But so if you're that person, or if you're a person that plans and wants to be better, we're going to invite you to come join us 
Um, a couple call to actions. We'll put these in the resource links. So here's how this works. If you're not taking notes, we're taking notes for you. Flip up the notes in Stitcher's, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you consume this podcast. You're going to see links to everything that, um, that Miranda and I have talked about. And one of them is going to be the one-page strategic plan. You're also going to see a link to our TTT, which is our To the Top Study Club, in October 20th to 27th. It's an opportunity where you can come and be with us for an entire day. We're going to walk you through this process. We're going to make you go through the details. You will leave with a great framework for how to set really good goals and targets and have your plan in place long before December 31st. So... Any final thoughts, Miranda? Uh, no. The only other thing is just keep an ear out because Heather is going to actually have a podcast coming up like you mentioned earlier. And she's going to be talking about the difference between goals and targets and helping you through that specific piece of the strategic plan. So keep an ear out for that for a future episode. Absolutely. Miranda, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we'll stick around when we see about everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, I got to say this. Number one, I'm just so grateful. Thank you guys for showing up. I don't know how this is working, but it's working like crazy. And I'm just super, super grateful. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you very, very helpful information to help you create a better practice and a better life. This is a great profession. And all you need are the tools and the right thinking to make it work. So if you're struggling, raise your hand. We're here to help you reach out to us. But please join us at the very least for the To The Top Study Club uh, coming up in October. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.